A play about a young worm in search of its mum that almost never saw the light of day is about to premiere in Tamaki Makauro. It comes from the vivid imaginations of father and son writer and theatre maker Peter and Carl Bland, and it's the latest show by the boundary-pushing Night Song Company. I'm a worm. There are lots of things we worms have to be fearful of. We find the sun, birds eat us, hedgehogs too. Pretty much anything with an appetite wants us dead. So we live here in the underworld, in the dark. It's a world that you never see. Which reminds me, we do have eyes and a mouth. Well, we must have, because I'm talking to you now. We have a lot of heart. Well, we have five hearts, actually. Five separate hearts. Do you ever hear a voice in your head? As I do. I know it's really just me having a conversation with myself, but my voice wants me to listen to it. It won't go away. I feel like it's trying to tell me something important, so it keeps calling and calling me. Ugh, I've been calling and calling you. Well, today's the day I listen to that voice. Today's the day I break my mother's hearts. The Worm is Night Song's first foray into theatre aimed at families. Their previous plays include Mr Red Light and 360. Ben Crowder is directing The Worm after securing a cast that includes Dave Fane, who's not long after the TV show Our Flag Means Death. And this is a free play after the company successfully applied to the local activation fund, which is administered by Auckland Unlimited. Ben says the idea for the play's been around for a while, but this funding means it can finally happen. Look, it is something that Carl, and he's written it with his father, wrote a few, you know, maybe we, we did some development on it about three or four years ago, and it was in our plans. There's something about children's theatre or theatre for young people. There's, there's a low box office yield. We still want to do a really big show that it's never really been able to make it because we can only really get about one show on a year, if that, with our funding. So... It's been kind of a bit of a sad, unloved thing, but we've always been very sad that we haven't been able to do it. So this opportunity came up and I spoke to Carl and we were like, it's the only work Carl and I have developed together that we haven't staged. So we really, you know, we did really want to get it on at some point and this this landed on our laps, So, um, which we had six weeks to do. So... Six weeks, no worries for an experienced group like you, Ben. But I think one of the things I love about this is with Peter and Carl, father and son, having written this and this being for a family audience, that's a nice dynamic, isn't it? Look, it's really great. And also, you know, we've got a lot of, it's interesting, we've got a lot of experienced actors who, you know, we've all known, I suppose we've all grown up and we've also got a younger actor in it. But I think, you know, it's interesting because I've no quite a lot of their children uh, and vice versa. And, you know, so there's, there's a slight intergenerational thing about it, I think, in many ways for us all. Um, you know, and I have an 11-year-old son and he actually, I have directed some children's theatre for younger people, but he was probably about four or five when I did The Man Whose Mother Was a Pirate for ATC. And, you know, he just wanted to go and see the Wiggles, uh, you know, so had very little interest in it whatsoever. So I'm hoping, you know, he's come to all our, you know, Mr. Red Light and all of the shows we've done with an older audience in mind and really enjoyed. But children grow up very quickly and you realise as a theatre director, you can sort of miss those golden years. And with COVID, there's also been a sort of a, a little period where we haven't, you know, you know, there hasn't been as many opportunities to do things. 
Well, Night Song, of course, is known for creating magic on stage. Through, and I've seen, you know, the 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 seals and the giraffes. Yep. So when I saw the worm, my instant thought was a giant puppet worm on stage. What can you tell me about the story without ruining it for the audiences who will come young and old? Look, it is it is a story set in the underworld or subterranean world of a. The opening scene is a young worm is chatting to his mother and suddenly this is where we do see a giant bit of puppetry. The mother is extracted from their burrow or their by a giant bird beak and uh, we're much upset. The young worm decides that he it's time to go and go to the up above and track his mother down if he can. I love it. That I think one of the commitments that you make, and I mentioned that word magic, Ben, but that very much is part of what you do. Every show of yours that I've seen has been so beautifully staged with some unusual approaches to direction and puppetry, that sort of thing. And I know that you feel that younger audiences, I think I saw the quote, deserve the same respect as mature audiences. So you and the team, even though this is aimed at a younger age group, you are going at this at the same degree of sophistication in terms of staging? I think so. We were trying to work out how to describe the show in terms of, you know, age suitability. And I think we, you know, we ended up with suitable for adults seven and older, which I suppose was just trying to indicate that I think, I think an adult will really enjoy the show. And we kind of went with seven as in, you know, there's, Thematically, you know, there's a little bit of darkness, so there's a few scary moments, and I'm sure, you know, a courageous five or six year old, I'm sure, will have no. But it, you know, if it's first time to the theatre, it might be a little bit, be a little bit scary. So that's why we just went with seven up. But yes, you know, and there's a live band, and there's some very, it's quite an intimate theatre, the Herald. So um, you know, we've got some big actors in terms of stature and uh, scale of performance. And we are trying to give the show as much integrity as we can. You know, it is a fantastic tale, but it always needs truth to get it through. Um, and obviously we've also got a, a great sort of musical lineup as well uh, with the Carnivorous Plant Society, which, you know, we are looking for, where the crossover hooks to let the young audience in but we look I'm not going to say it's going to be like a Pixar film or anything but in the same way I go and see certain things with my son and go yep I'm a punter for this you know the whole team is working around the clock to make it a great show. I'm sorry to ask this through you but have you had a chat to Peter about what this means to him to have this work stage finally? The last time Peter and I connected on this work is we did a read of it about two or three years ago. And then it has all happened very quickly. But I have, I know Carl speaks to his dad and sees his dad a lot. And again, I've been I, I mean, careful of my words, but I, I, th- I think there is something very lovely about sort of sharing and, um, you know, reconnecting and getting the show together in a sort of post-COVID world, I think is a, is a lovely thing. And I think, you know, that father and son writing a play, I think, and Carl has young children himself now. So, yeah. Well, the, the timing is interesting too, isn't it? You mentioned COVID, of course. We're coming off, well, we're still in the midst of it, but we are able once again to gather. So I imagine for some of these families outside of school, this might be 
quite a big event after the last two years when this age group has mainly either been at home or known everybody else is wearing masks and socially distancing. You know what I mean? It's been a really, I don't think we're going to understand the implications for our young people of the last couple of years for some time, but like the Christchurch earthquakes, you know, there's longer term implications. But I, I get a sense that this is going to be a big thing. And because it's free, it's going to perhaps be able to, to bring together families, you know, who wouldn't otherwise think about or be able to come to the theatre. So I suspect not just the excitement of seeing the worm, but the excitement of that joint experience of live theatre for these young people. It's going to be really mm. cool. Yeah, and look, another thing on that, we are doing sh- four shows, um, you know, on the Friday we're doing two and on the Monday we're doing two, which we've opened up to uh, a lower decile schools in South Auckland and West. And we also, because we, I, I've worked quite a lot with that demographic or that sector and often, even if the show does come at a very reduced cost or no cost, often it is the accessing of, you know, trying to get the money for the buses and things like that. So we've we've actually managed to secure some funding to subsidise the buses as well, which is really great. And we've done an education resource for those young audiences so that they can carry on doing some drama exercises in class um, with their teachers and things afterwards. But I think also I was thinking, I, I imagine quite a lot of those young students will have never, potentially have never been to the theatre, you know, because we're now at capacity for all four of the school shows and they're, you know, all primary and maybe one intermediate, but they've sort of had a big chunk of the theatre going time out of their lives. And um, yeah. And so look, we're really happy with uh, being able to connect in that way. Um, You know, and and I think it helps a little bit that we have a, a cast that has quite a few uh, connections outside South and uh, Pacifica feel to, you know, some of the cast members. So, um, you know, we're very happy that it is being delivered at no charge um, and, you know, just removing those barriers, I guess. Ben Crowder, The Worm premieres on the 30th of June at the Herald Theatre in Tamaki Makaurau.